If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. And we are just looking together this, this evening at uh, the God of love and fury revealing himself as a substitute lamb, the lamb of God. And Isaiah 53 shares, in a sense, both sides of that. Last Sunday, we looked at the fact that the God is, our God is a God who reveals himself as a God of both love and fury. That is, he loves us, and yet he is angry with sin. He, he, he loves us enough to, to care for us, to provide for us, and yet at the same time, he is angry when we sin, angry when we hurt others, angry when we ignore him. And, and uh, the cross is the ultimate example of those two coming together. And it's the idea of substitution. Now, when we talk about substitution, we talk about maybe substituting in sports, for instance, right? Like, like we've all probably been on the bench at some point, being like, let me in, coach. I just want to play, right? I'll be a substitute. I'll go in. And, and uh, in some sports, you can, you know, substitute and freely substitute back and forth one for the other. In, in soccer, it's a little different, at least at, in, in college and in, in professional sports, where it, once, you, once you're subbed out, you can't go back in. At least that's the way it is right now. And, and it means that there's, a, there, there's that substitute that is just saying, okay, we want something better than what we have now, <laughs> at least um, maybe because of performance or tiredness or whatever. But substitution, in that sense, say, why is substitution so necessary? Well, again, it reveals the love and the wrath of God in, in the substitution that's there. And I ran across this quote by John Stott that kind of shares the, the concept here so we can understand it better, why it's so necessary. So the concepts of substitution may be said then to lie at the heart of both sin and salvation. For the essence of sin is man substituting himself for God, while the essence of salvation is God substituting himself for man. Man asserts himself against God and puts himself where only God deserves to be. God sacrifices himself for man and puts himself where only man deserves to be. Man claims prerogatives which belong to God alone. God accepts penalties which belong to God alone. This is John Stott in the cross of Christ. He's saying that this substitution is there not because God insists on it, but because we started it, in a sense. We substituted ourselves for God. And in Isaiah 53, as, we, as Jed read it, and we look at it here, I just want to notice how it's, it's, it's even here in Isaiah 53. First of all, you can see that we substitute our, ourselves for God in regards to the position. Notice, if you will, uh, Isaiah 53, verse 3. He says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. And here he's saying, look, we, 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 decided, we decided that we would rather have the position, <laughs> that we would look at God and say, God, we don't want you to have the position of esteem, of, of, of power, of authority, of glory, but that we want to take that on ourselves. And we substituted ourselves for God. And, and you say, well, 
I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where someone approached you and said, well, you know, you, you, you did this to me, you did this wrong to me, you hurt me, you did this. And one of our default positions, I think, is, well, I didn't know, right? I didn't know that I did that. I wasn't intending to do that. But, but, but in this, the situation, in some ways, what we're saying by saying that is, well, you... I want to operate as if my, the way I operate, the, what I know and what I can control is what's good and what's not. And we forget that, that, that instead of sometimes saying, I didn't know, we can say, God, I, I didn't know, but I'm turning to you as the one who can solve this. We, we want to say, if I didn't know it, then it doesn't count. <laughs> it's not important. We want to substitute our knowledge for God's, our design for the world for God's. And here we're saying, Isaiah is saying, we substituted ourselves in the esteem that we wanted for God's. And when that happens, then we unintentionally hurt one another at times, and even intentionally hurt one another at times, and feel like, well, I'm, I decide what's good or what's bad. Now, sometimes we don't do that. We say, no, God, God's in the right position. God's okay. But then what we do is we substitute ourselves for God, not in regards to position, but in regards to rules. Isaiah 53, 6 shows us that. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, right? We've substituted God's way for ours. We said, I want to do it my way. I have a better way, and we want to make up the rules that go with relationships, go with our lives, go with situations, and say, I know better than God what the rules should be, because that's what Isaiah is saying here, that we do, and he emphasizes that every one of us turn to our own way. We're not so interested in, in, in saying, well, you know, what does someone else have to say? We, we're more interested in what we think is right, what we think is good, and we substitute ourselves for God in regard to how things should go. But we also substitute, but some of us are like, no, no, God's rules are good. I, I, God's ways are best. But then we can also substitute ourselves for God in regards to the consequences. We can say, yeah, God's rules are good. God's, God's rules are great. But, you know, the consequences when we break those rules, I don't think that God has the best way of handling that, right? Because none of us like to face consequences. None of us like to, to face, you know, when God says, the soul that sins shall die, we say, uh, uh, wait a second. <laughs> I think I have a better way of handling that. And we substitute ourselves for God in regards to the consequences we think are appropriate. Galatians 3.13 as well as here in Isaiah, it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. We, we don't like the consequences. And that's probably the, the, the thing where we probably more easily than not substitute ourselves for God, right? We would rather say my way, or the, the way I, you know, I was intending good here, so even if it weren't worked, it was not good, I still want these consequences. I still want this. I still want that. And we substitute ourselves for God. We say, I don't think I deserve. But Christ, Christ shows that he does not substitute himself for God. 
In Isaiah 53, as we read through this, you should see that Christ accepts God's position, he accepts God's rules, and he accepts God's consequences, and at the same time what he does is he substitutes himself for us. This is the beauty of the gospel, is that we have a better substitute than ourselves. We have the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, right? John 1, 29 puts it that way. John sees Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. First Peter, Peter, his disciple, wrote this about Jesus. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Notice two things that are substituted there. His, our wickedness for his righteousness. Our pain and sorrow and death and, and disease for his healing. 2 Corinthians 5.21 sums it up this way. For our sake he made him that is Christ to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And I just want to read again what was read earlier in Isaiah 53, right? And I want you to, as, as we read through that, to see the substitutions that are taking place here. Sometimes even though we have substituted ourselves for God, that we have, we have taken his position, we have taken his rules, we have taken his consequences and turned them into something else, and yet Jesus became the substitute for us. Verse three says, or four says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. We, we have the substitute of him taking our griefs and our sorrows and we thinking to ourselves, oh, God must think he deserved it, right? That's what the Jews thought about Jesus being on the cross. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Here we see that our transgressions are put on Christ and we are given healing. We are given righteousness we are given peace because Christ is our substitute. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. They made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man at his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. Here's, here's the beauty. is is not just that we have a substitute that we can turn to, but that we have Jesus, God's son, as a substitute, right? That's the whole point. We could say, well, I, want a, I, I need a substitute, but I want a different substitute. In, in the Old Testament, 
God, God started to help them understand they needed to substitute by instituting his law, and in the process, when they broke the law, helping them to see they needed to substitute, and he, and he put together the tabernacle. Now, this is uh, something we put together for the kids. It's upstairs if you would like to see it, but this is kind of a, a recreation T-scale of the tabernacle with the, with the, the, the fence around it and the tabernacle in the middle and the, the sacrifices. And they institute the sacrificial system. Why? Because God is saying, do you realize you need a substitute? Do you, need, do you realize you need a substitute? Are you willing to accept my verdict that you need a substitute? And it's going to cost that substitute something, death, that you won't, and it'll cost you something to let that substitute happen in a sense. And so you can see in here the, the bronze altar in the middle where the sacrifices were burnt. And, on, and there you see on the outside this gate. This is kind of a recreation of their best understanding of what it looked like. And again, uh, only the priests were allowed in. There was no access. They, they made the substitution for you and then you came and then they brought it out to you. And this is what he's showing. He's saying there's no, there's no access here. The relationship is broken. But Hebrews points out the blood of bulls and goats can never be the great, an adequate substitution. It only is temporary. It only shows you the need. And that's why Christ came as the Lamb of God and, and making him the substitute and not a bull or a goat means that instead of us just saying, okay, I recognize I need a substitute and, and here's, here's something that costs me to show that, yet we now have a substitute, a real substitute, a substitute that brings life instead of death, a, a substitute that gives righteousness, a substitute that takes us from being exiled to being home. And, and this is really the question. As we look at the cross, we see his death for us. Is Who is your substitute? Is Christ your substitute? God's son? The one who was righteous, who lived in righteousness, who when men mistreated him, did not speak out. Is this your substitute? The one who, who, who lived a peaceful life, who did no violence, as it says in Isaiah 53. For all the violence that we create in ourselves, in our lives, yet he brought peace. He was the perfect substitute, God in the flesh, so that when death conquered him, death could not contain him. Instead, he became the substitute that gives us life instead of death. There is no better substitute not a lamb, but the lamb of God. And maybe you're saying, but I don't, I don't want the substitute. I want to go my own way. Then you're left to your own resources, your own ability to create righteousness, your own ability to create peace, your own ability to make things better. There is no one better than Jesus. He is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so I would encourage you to see once again your substitute. This substitute who left heaven, became a man like you and I, and went to the cross. 
and said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Even there on the cross, claiming to be our substitute. The substitute that conquers death for us. The substitute that conquers sin for us. The substitute, in a sense, that conquers ourselves. Our desire to substitute ourselves for God and says, no, look at this God. This God who loves us enough to to die for us and at the same time says sin is worth dying for. (laughs) It's, It's evil. It's wrong. It's wicked. It's destructive. It's killing. And I'm willing to take that death. And so that is why we see in the substitution of Christ, God's love and God's fury combined. And that's why we need a substitute. Because he takes care of the wrath of God and provides the love of God. Again, I hope he is your substitute. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, We thank you for the fact that Christ became a substitute for us, the the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And if there's someone here who has not made Christ their substitute, may they see the willing Lamb who willingly gave up himself for us, showing us his love, dying in our place. And may they realize that this is not something they have to pay for. This is not something they have to manipulate to receive, but it's a free gift, the free substitution of Christ on our behalf. And we receive it simply by believing that Christ is giving that to us as a gift. We thank you that you are our substitute. In your son's name, amen.